All right, and we're back for another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and, of course, the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us, at Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and the Lakers Fast Break. Plus, the awesome show I'm wearing a t-shirt for right now. That's the Dig on America podcast. That is the place to go for intellectual and knowledgeable talk on the political scene right there for you. Absolutely. As Jason Dutch is pointing to his head right now. It is one of the best shows that's out there. So please catch it every week as far as that's concerned. Yes, I'm talking about your show. So please catch it. If you can't, it's Dig on America. But I truly appreciate everyone listening to our show as well. We've got some last-minute tips. for. I know there's some people out there just doing their draft here in the next 48 hours just before kickoff because it is week one of the NFL football season, the best time of the year for fantasy football owners, and the stressing and the blood pressure starts then. But here today to talk about some last-minute tips for those drafting right now or in the next few hours and then also some week one matchups that maybe will get you off on the right track is a good man indeed he is the mastermind behind the dig on america podcast it is jason dutch and jason great to have you back on the program as you can see i went all robinson crusoe on my two-week sabbatical to hawaii and i'm going to get rid of it soon but i'm glad to have you yeah exactly but i'm glad to have you back on the show this is like not my normal studio here today, so I'm a little bit out of my element. So I, I, I'm actually podcasting from the kids' playroom today. So, you know, there you uh, go. Get, get well, you know what? Experimental this, with you. This office used to be my girls' playroom, so it used to be what you're seeing behind me. We used to be all pink, so ah. it took a lot of effort to go ahead and make it unpink. They have there now their own space, and they have control of pretty much the rest of the house. So. I appreciate for them allowing me to go ahead and create this <laughs> scenario here for all my podcasts, but it is Give week you some one. of your control back. Yes. Yes. Just some, just only some, but it is week one in the NFL. My friend, it is here. It has arrived. I know there's people that still are looking forward to going ahead and take care of the draft. In fact, I think this is probably the best time for people to go ahead and draft in the short few days and hours leading up to the NFL kickoff, because there's always last minute injuries. There's always, in this case, now in 2021, last minute COVID list things, you know, people testing positive. So it's always the best time to go ahead right now and take a look at it. In fact, there's last minute maneuvers by teams cutting people who do not want to take, like Latavius Murray, who are on the Saints, who didn't want to take a pay cut. So he got cut. I mean, you're seeing these last minute maneuvers here. Tell me your thoughts on some things that you would go ahead and focus on. I did one of my last drafts yesterday. I'll be doing another with my good friend Chris Sardieri here coming up tomorrow. Tell me your thoughts on some last-minute draft advice for people out there. You know, I mean, the last-minute advice is the same as the first-minute advice, right? Except that you have the the luxury of knowing, you know, if guys like Latavius Murray are worth, you know, 15th or 16th round pick. But to be honest with you, I really don't think there's all that much difference as far as strategy goes. Um, I wouldn't overthink it. It's it, the advantage is just to the people who've been paying attention. You could be at a disadvantage, though. I think one thing you could point out 
is you could be at a disadvantage if perhaps let's say that you play in two leagues and you had your dynasty draft in May and you know you haven't done another draft and, and until now things have changed right so or perhaps you had your first draft uh, back in around August 15th or something like that when when drafts really started picking up and then you join another league um, and and it's starting now things have changed then too so you know I I would doubt that uh, any of the big stuff went under you know went undiscovered like you know Cam Akers injury and J.K. Dobbins injury and things of that nature. But there is some shuffling as far as like, you know, who may be getting more carries, who's, you know, guys who are, are dropping down at the last minute, like uh, like Swift in Detroit, uh, who seems to be fading a little bit in the expectations. I, I took Swift in probably the third round back in my first draft in the end of August. I probably wouldn't take him in the third round anymore. He's probably moved down to more of like a fourth or fifth round pick at this point. Well, there you go. And then, you just got to make sure that for last minute injuries, you got to make sure that whatever service that you're using ESPN, Yahoo sleeper, or what have you, that they have a correct listing of those individuals that are currently out. Some that are got hurt within the past week to 10 days. Some that are on the COVID list. So you got to go ahead and make sure that when you are drafting that you have the correct, you have the correct listings available and their current status on their, whether they're active, not active, they've been cut, you know, they're still alive, active on the team and so on and so forth. So you got to make sure that you're up for that. But again, for me, everyone out there, I, I in fact, actually I had our speedy shuttle driver in Hawaii as we were heading on back to the airport to head on home. He and I were getting at a great conversation and I want to give him a big shout out at, as far as fantasy football is concerned. And, I hope he's listening now. He said he would be. So we want to thank him and also a couple other people out there in the big islands that were so gracious to go ahead and uh, hear more about fantasy football and, and about what we do here on the show. And I wanted to go ahead and say right now, yes, if you focus on your top drafts on the running backs and wide receiver positions and then start focusing in for me, as we talked about on the show, quarterbacks, maybe in the middle rounds, I know Jason was a little bit higher as far as his, where, where he picked quarterbacks, he probably picked it a little bit later than I do. I, I'm trying to focus in on getting some running backs first because I'm kind of concerned of where we stand on the running backs and the depth and the quality of the running backs that are out there because we're seeing a lot of unproven and untested running backs being thrown out there by teams, you know, as early as week one. We're seeing that already. So please beware as far as, what's going on with the lineups that are out there. Because again, teams right now are trying to experiment with things. They're going to bring in some running backs that are in their second year, rookie year, third year. Some of them were not even drafted and they're going to be starting NFL football games in the not too distant future. So right now the list of available running backs, I think are of primary concern out there for anybody drafting. So I would put them at a higher priority right now, wouldn't you? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Running back, uh, I, I am typical, typically speaking, historically speaking, and I've been playing fantasy football since 1999 um, in this particular format. Running backs are always typically taken early. Uh, I subscribed for about five or six years with a good degree of success to what's, what's called the zero running back philosophy. I always looked at it like, you know, running backs – are going to become available during the season. So go with 
wide receiver, you know, get wide receiver all the way first, make sure you have three stud wideouts, perhaps a stud tight end. And then and in one quarterback league, of course, uh, then start worrying about your quarterbacks and your running backs. And then just, you know, play the waiver wire, right? Try to get up as high as you can in the waiver priority. And, you know, that way when a guy like, for example, Michael Turner some years back, or when big time players go down, uh, like uh, uh, Jamal, Char- uh, Jamal Charles five yes. or six years ago, and he went down. These guys come out of nowhere, and th- they're backups, and, and that have a huge year. There, that had always been the case. It doesn't seem to be like that's really the case anymore because, you know, for example, when Jamal Charles went down, I forget who his backup was at, at the time, but his backup came in, and, you know, people picked his backup up, and he, you know, he was, they were getting him, they were getting that owner somewhat close to the amount of points that Jamal, Jamal Charles was getting. But these days, you don't get, like, that same dynamic. You get two back committees. You get a lot more split carries. You get a lot more third down backs, you know, uh, continuing to play in that third down role and then and not really moving up into that 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 number one role. They go down and they draft it. You know, they pull up an undrafted yeah. rookie or a guy off the practice squad to come in and, and, and tote the rock for the first two downs. So it's a little bit troublesome to think that you can pick up a running back late these days. There's a couple of teams where that might be possible, like Denver, for example, where you really don't know which of those guys is going to be the, the, the starter for the, the, the entirety of the year when you're talking about Javante Williams. But you, you don't have that same dynamic at play these days. One thing that I, I think is a really good piece of advice for folks is even though I'm too stupid to remember the name of the Denver running back right at the moment, I am smart enough to tell you that there are multiple fancy apps out there. And if you're playing on different apps, like you kind of mentioned before, not every app has the most updated, best information on what's going on actively with the player. And I think the one that may be the most guilty of that is Flea Flicker. And I like Flea Flicker as an app. Flea Flicker almost never updates information. Sleeper is one of the best with information. So even if you aren't in a sleeper league, you can download the sleeper app, maybe join like a free league on sleeper and just use it for the notes because the notes on sleeper to me are better than anybody else's. ESPN's is probably second, even though I don't like ESPN's format per se, I like Yahoo's better than them, but sleeper and and, uh, uh, ESPN seem to be the two best places to get the most updated um, information on, on uh, you know, who's trending, who's not trending, what coaches are saying, you know, uh, game analysis, that sort of thing. We'll be right back with more fantasy football. Big on America. Hey guys, this is Jason Dutch with Dig on America podcast, and I'm here with Big Hops. And I'm also here with Mikey Famine. Dig on America here. We explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. You can check out our website, digonamerica.com. We're on every single audio podcast app there is out there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully you'll listen to the show, guys. Dig on America. Right now, I will tell you that in Denver, that's going to be something very interesting to see because you got Melvin Gordon battling it out with, <laughs> with Javante Williams. I actually took Melvin Gordon as a backup on my team that I drafted yesterday, and 
I'm kind of worried about my depth on the running back position, but you know, right now, I think that's a concern for a lot of individuals out there, especially if the injuries start to pile up. So people have to Mm -hmm. be aware and stay constant on the waiver wire. So please pay attention to the waiver wire starting this weekend, starting this weekend. Now, mind you, you won't be able to pick anyone up yet. They won't probably won't allow for anybody waiver, you know, for any waiver wire pickups until maybe Tuesday at the earliest. But I'll tell you what, you got to keep an eye on, who is being productive out there and who is not starting in week one. I know that right now, all the eyes of everyone in your league and our leagues are keeping an eye on what's going on in week one, week five, week seven, week 10. It's a different story. People get busy. It's the holidays, et cetera, et cetera. So people don't, uh, not as everybody on the team, plus also records to indicate also as well, if other people are not paying as much attention. So maybe you could take advantage there, but week one, Everybody pays attention. So right now, my friend, I want you to go ahead and go into the crystal ball right now and look at some of the matchups that we've got on the slate for week one. I've got three in mind, which I think people need to look at early. Maybe even if they haven't drafted yet, maybe focus in on maybe one or two players from some of these games that I'm suggesting. And then I know that you have some choices as well, but some things that might stand out in week one of the NFL. Yeah, so... Interesting stuff here. I'll start with one of my own situation. And I, w- I will, before I get into that, though, I'll, I'll, I'm going to kind of push back on what you just said. Of course. Um, I'm not a big fan of, like I said, with the waivers. It, you you want to pay attention to the waiver wire, but you don't want to blow your waiver priority to pick up, you know, uh, Nelson Aguilar, right? Like that's, Nelson Aguilar is not going to, you know, become a, a WR1. That's just it's just something that's not going to happen. So you know you may see an injury on his team, which moves him up the depth chart a little bit. But we've seen that movie before. You know, there it's not like he's going to turn into uh, Hopkins overnight uh, or Calvin Johnson overnight here. It's more of a dynamic where he might get a couple more catches. But is he worth blowing your waiver priority? So if you're like you know playing in a twelve man league and you're nine, ten, or eleven, and you got a shot to do something like that, sure. But if you're one, two, three, or four, even in the middle of that, like, you know, as high as eight um, or as low as eight, I should say, your goal is really to get that number as high as possible. Because a lot of other folks in your league are going to be blowing their waivers on guys who they're going to end up dropping two weeks later. What you're waiting for is you're waiting for, you know, something to happen, say, to like an Austin Eckler where his backup, like Roundtree or Josh Kelly or something like that, is going to be out there. And those might not be exciting names right now. They might not even be exciting enough to own. But if Eckler goes down, you know, Sleeper and ESPN are going to tell you right away who's going to be the one that you can pick up. And then you can go out there and you can take a look at picking up those particular guys. You know, if like David Montgomery or something goes down, then you know, hey, maybe I should take a look at that rookie that the Bears just drafted or try to see who they're going to pick up. What you're looking for is, is a major, like um, a, a major JK Dobbins, uh, Cam Akers type injury where, you know, Henderson would have been like a 10th or 15th round draft pick, but now he's being picked in the second round. You know, it's the same thing. If the season had already started and the Cam Akers had gone down. Yeah. Then you're going to go and say, okay, I'm going to pick up Henderson because he may not have been owned. Some, or you may, you know, he, someone may have dropped him 
early on because he wasn't really supposed to do anything except for get, you know, six to seven carries a game, which isn't, unless he was somebody's handcuff, he probably wasn't going to be owned. But that's my opinion on that. Uh, as far as matchups goes, the matchup that uh, I'm looking at this week, and this is actually something for one of my own leagues. In one of my own leagues, I own Nick Chubb. Uh, I own Kareem Hunt. And I own uh, Gus Edwards of the Ravens, right? So I picked Kareem Hunt before I picked Gus Edwards. And I drafted after Dobbins had been hurt. So I, I spent a little bit of a higher pick on Edwards than I would have before that. But again, that's just the situation that you're that you're looking for. So the dynamic here is, though, that in the first week, Gus Edwards is going against the Raiders. The Raiders, your hometown team there, you know that they're probably not going to have a particularly wonderful defense. You're talking, I think, they're at, going into the season, I think they're ranked 27th uh, rated defense in football. There's 32 teams. So 27, not so good, right? On the other hand, you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So when you look at the fact that they're playing the Chiefs, I'm in a dilemma right now because my other running back is John, is uh, Jonathan Taylor. He's going to play regardless. And Chubb is one of those guys where, like, I didn't take Chubb in the second round to bench him week one. But I have to look at – I have to seriously consider starting Gus Edwards and Kareem – and or Kareem Hunt over him for one – one obviously one of my flex positions. And the reason is they're playing the, – the Browns are playing the Chiefs. So – it's probably going to be a high-scoring game. In all likelihood, the Chiefs are going to win the game. Patrick Mahomes is going to tear up that Browns defense. The Browns do have a good D, but, you know, their, their secondary is a little bit more suspect than their, than their, uh, their pass rush. They're, they don't have a bad secondary by any stretch. I'm not insinuating that, but we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill here, right? So if the Browns fall behind, which is likely to happen, especially if you look at the odds, um, <clears throat> I think – Last I checked, they're a six-point underdog. I, I could be wrong on that. But if they're coming playing from behind, Chubb's going to be on the bench. You know, Kareem Hunt's going to be in the game, and he's going to be racking up yards. Uh, he's going to be racking up catches, especially in PPR. So you really have to look at that. Hey, this particular week, is Nick Chubb a better play than Kareem Hunt? I don't know that he is. But you'll look at Yahoo and ESPN and all of these fantasy tracker apps, and they'll tell you, that Kareem Hunt's going to get 12 points this week and Nick Chubb's going to get you 18. So you have a tendency to look at that and say, oh, man, well, I'm not going to put down the – I don't want to put the guy on my bench who's favored to get 18 because now I'm projected to lose. You don't care about the projections that Yahoo or ESPN tell you. You care about what's likely to happen. And what's likely to happen this week is it's likely the Browns are going to lose. And it's likely Kareem Hunt is going to be in the game to try to play catch-up. And it's likely that Gus Edwards is going to have a great game against a very bad Raiders defense. So in that particular case, you almost I, I'm, in a, I'm in a very difficult position where I have to possibly bench my second round draft pick. You know, that, that that's just the type of things that you have to look at. Well, I'll tell you what right now, for me, there's some intriguing mashups, I think. The Cowboys heading over to Tampa on Thursday night, right off the get-go, I think is, if you're Tom Brady, I think I'm already salivating at the prospect of the suspect Dallas Cowboys defense, which is getting a little bit better. But still, with that team, I think the defense is still a little bit uh, hindered and still a little bit open for a lot of great yardage for Tom Brady. I think that the normal 
thing that we see in sports where the world champion, whoever's crowned the next year, they start off the season. Then that first game, usually it started off a little bit slow because they've got the hangover of getting the rings, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday in prime time are probably going to go ahead and buck that trend. I really think that their set of receivers, if you've got either one, are going to go ahead and do some damage against the Cowboys secondary. I think even if you've got Leonard Fournette or if you've got somebody, in, you know, the Ronald Jones, or if you've got mm-hmm. somebody there in the Tampa backfield, I think you could still have a decent game out of them as well. And Tom Brady, I think he's going to get off to a good start showing everyone out there that, you know, it, it wasn't a fluke. And, hey, Bill Belichick, sorry, I'm going to go ahead and do some more damage out there. So I, th- I really think that's probably the number one game I'm looking at right now. I've also got the Packers with Aaron Rodgers proving his MVP year is not going to be a fluke. I don't think he's going to get the numbers that he did, you know, obviously in his MVP year. But I do think he's still going to throw for over 30 touchdowns. I do, I do think that he's still, he's still going to be able to have that type of high-powered offense. And going into the Saints, which I think are heading for a little bit of a downer year, and that's just my opinion. I hope I'm wrong for New Orleans Saints fans because after what's going on in Louisiana, they could use all the uplifting that they can get. But I really think that the, Packer, the Packers going into New Orleans, I really think that, the, that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a free-for-all in that game. Then last but not least, for me, the Vikings at the Bengals with Joe Burrow. I think there's a lot of questions after him coming off that left knee injury with the ACL tear and all that. He says he's ready. He says he's ready to go ahead and get the Bengals into the playoffs. And I think right now with all the chaos that's gone on in the offseason for the Minnesota Vikings, especially with Kirk Cousins and all the, the vaccination status and all that stuff that's gone on and the COVID issues, I really think that the Bengals could make a statement when the Vikings head on out there. And I'm gonna, we're going to see right away if Joe Burrow is up to snuff, if he's healthy, if he's back 100%. He's got a nice trio of receivers. And I know Jamar Chase did not have the best preseason in the world, but even if he can give them anything, he I still done. see. Yeah, he, he could. He just got to get. I, I just think he has to get right. And I think Joe Burrow is going to give him time to get right. And I think that. Joe Burrow is going to have a good season, and we'll find out, I think, as early as week one. Yeah, you threw a lot at me there. So, uh, first of all, let's not forget that um, Justin Jefferson was very mediocre his first four or so games last season. Um, And Jamar Chase was the best receiver on the team when he played in college with Jefferson. So, there are no guarantees in the NFL, right? We all watch David Terrell, you know, we all, so it's, um, and that's so a goal for everybody out there for Trevor Lawrence, who's interested in, or who has Trevor Lawrence on their team, that it, it's yeah. not a given that he's going to walk in and just do some damage. No, a quarterback though. I think Lawrence, especially playing on a team with three good wide receivers, uh decent backfield with the kid from Illinois state, James Robinson. And, and he is a quarterback, right? Like Peyton Manning went one in 15 his yeah. first year. But still, you know, he put up enough numbers to be respectable in fantasy. Now, obviously, we're talking about redraft here. If you're playing in a dynasty league, you know, you're, Trevor Lawrence is, is on your roster. Uh, he's available in a lot of redraft leagues. I would say he's probably available in about 30 to 40% of them, just because there's, a, so there's still a question mark there. 
But I do think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. He is a quarterback. It's a lot different for receivers and for running backs. Uh, you know, you go back and you look last year at the three running at the what was it three or four running backs that were yeah. the high profile running backs in 2020. You had Jonathan Taylor, you had J.K. Dobbins, you had Cam Akers, and you had uh, uh, one other guy who who is uh, again I'm losing who it was. But all of those, all, and then you had Antonio Gibson, who was who now is in that conversation but wasn't in that conversation when it came to the top four or five running backs last year. I got him in my third round and I was very excited about doing so last year. No, this year. Oh, oh, then you did fantastically to get Antonio Gibson. There was some question about him, but like, I don't have too many questions about Jamar Chase. You know, what I'm saying is, is that these guys don't always develop right away in their first year. And people have a tendency to have a short leash, especially in redraft leagues, you know, because it's it's a win now um, philosophy. But I think I, I have Jamar Chase, and for that matter, I think you can throw Waddle in this conversation as well in Miami. Jalen, Jalen, a.k.a. Tom Waddle, the old Bears receiver, uh, no relation. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I think, is going to have be an impact player right away. As well. So don't get too frustrated with these guys. You know, if, if it's week three, week four, week five, and they haven't turned the corner yet, and Tyler Boyd is, uh, you know, leading the, the Bengals receivers at the time. Jamar Chase is a truly talented player, and you know he he blew he took a year off of football, so he's going to be rusty because of COVID. And you know, he, but he just blew the socks off everybody at, at his uh, wasn't the combine at the at his pro day. And you know he he's the real deal. There's a reason why um, he was most years he probably would have been a top two pick, right? Like, but you this year you happen to have freak phenomenons like Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Pitts available, you know, Pitts the highest drafted tight end of all time. So, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about Jamar Chase or, or Jalen Waddle for that matter. Devontae Smith, he's probably one I'd cut a little bit quicker than the other two, but I, I really wouldn't get too hung up on, on uh, worrying about these particular rookies. I, I do agree with you on the Tampa Bay. Dallas game, that's going to be an offensive show. Dak Prescott is back. He has three pretty good receivers there. Don't don't sleep on Michael Gallup. You know, Michael Gallup is a great later round receiver to pick up. I agree. Uh, as, and, and, and you throw him in there with uh, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, he's going to have a lot of matchup. He's going to be a matchup nightmare for some people. I don't think Gallup is going to be a 1,500-yard guy, but I wouldn't be too surprised at all if Gallup ended up with 65 to 70 catches, somewhere between 900 and 1,050 yards. And, you know, touchdowns are very hard to gauge, but, I, you know, you would think that Gallup would score somewhere between four and seven pieces. One of the matchups that people want to look at maybe stay away from a little bit this week is the Steelers and Bills. I do have a feeling that's going to be a little bit of a lower-scoring game than people are anticipating. That does not mean sit Josh Allen. That does not mean to sit uh, Stephon Diggs. But it does mean that the Steelers have a pretty pretty decent defense. I think it's better than what people think. And their offensive line has got awful, but their their defense is, is is pretty solid. So I think they'll lose to the Bills. I think you're probably looking at a 24 to 17 game, uh, but still definitely going to put up uh, some points, but not as much as people think. Another, uh, you, you brought up the Bengals and the uh, Vikings already. I brought up the Browns and the Chiefs already. I think 
I think one game that is going to be interesting as far as looking at a team with a lot of wide receivers, uh, you, if you're playing fantasy football, you almost certainly own a wide receiver from the Giants. You own Sterling Shepard, you own Darius Slayton, you own Kenny Galladay, you own Kadarius Toney, uh, you know, who is another rookie. You own one of these guys. This is not a good matchup against Denver. Uh, I do not think Daniel Jones is going to have a very successful day against Denver this week. I think Denver actually, if you're looking to stream a fantasy defense, Denver has three very, very good matchups early on this year. And I, I do look for Denver to have, uh, I'm thinking at least one pick six in the first couple of games. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had two pick sixes by week three, just because they happen to be going up some very, very suspect defense. So if you're looking for a defensive streamer, I'm not a fan of DST in fantasy, but I, I definitely would go that way. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Last but not least, and I did kind of talk about the Ravens and, and the Raiders a little bit there. But uh, I, I want to go back to it just a smidge. I don't think that Josh Jacobs is going to have a bad year. I think people are losing their minds on that, thinking that Josh Jacobs is going to suck this year. I don't agree with that at all. I think Josh Jacobs, if he stays healthy, he is a guy who gets – he's a workhorse, right? So he's going to have some – he's going to get banged up every single week. and You just have to get used to him being questionable every week. But I do think Josh Jacobs is going to be – I have a successful year this year. I look for Henry Ruggs to – break out this first game against um, against Baltimore. I do believe that they'll be playing catch-up, and I think the Ravens are going to have a pretty sweet first week. The thing is, it's going to be Gus Edwards, and it's going to be Lamar Jackson's legs. Without Rashad Bateman in uniform for the first game, I don't know that Devin Duvernay and company are going to be uh, all that worrisome, but I do think that the, the Ravens are going to run the ball a lot. I would not be surprised at all to see 200 yards rushing out of the Ravens uh, week one against the uh, against the Ravens. Well, there you go. There you have it. It's the man indeed, Jason Dutch from Dig on America, the podcast. You got to go ahead and check it out. Digonamerica.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we head on out, my friend, some great advice out there. We truly appreciate it for week one. And we wish everyone out there, all you fantasy football players, fantasy football owners, and everyone out there that enjoys fantasy football and the football season to have a tremendous 2021 NFL season. But before we head on out, my friend, you got to give everybody the lowdown on what you're doing at Dig on America. Well, I appreciate that. It's candidate season. Believe it or not, the 2022 election is like tomorrow, it seems. So we're going to start interviewing a lot of candidates. We had, um, Bruno Amato on the show the other day, who's running against Kevin McCarthy in Bakersfield, California. Tomorrow, we have a, a progressive candidate for, for Michigan 10, uh, whose uh, who's campaign manager is going to be coming on to the show. 
so it's split. It, it's politics season right now. So uh, if you enjoy listening to a political debate um, and you lean left, you probably like our show. If you lean right, then you probably should listen because we might help you out with something. But uh, what we do is we talk about history um, and then we put that history, we'll take a historic, this week we're going to obviously, um, uh, this week we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, tomorrow, uh, the, not just the history of 9-11, of we all know what happened 20 years ago next week. Most of us lived through that and but we're, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk a little bit about the impact that 9-11 has had on us today. You know, what are, what, are the, what are the good things that America has accomplished since 9-11? What are the bad things? Where do we still have work to do? You know, especially as it relates to relationships with, with Arab Americans and, and Muslims, you know, and some of the sentiment that they still, they still deal with today. So uh, it's... It's going to be an interesting show, and again, you know, we we still remember and 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 think of the the 3,500 some families who who lost their lives on 9/11/01, same as we do the 13 or so times that number of people who lost their life in the last uh, was it 18 months now due to COVID-19. Well, there you go, indeed. But check it out. It's going to be digonamerica.com and also Dig on America the podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, they're available everywhere. Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the big names, they're always there. Check out the great channel indeed. It provides an awesome discussion each and every time out. Whatever way you lean, it's a great show that you got to check out each and every week, the Digging America podcast. Well, Jason, I cannot thank you enough for stopping by on such short notice as we head into week one of the NFL. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting you back on as much We're as finally well. here. The NFL yes. season is about to start. It's exciting. Yes, it is exciting indeed. I'm hopeful to get you on as much as you can stop by. I truly appreciate it. I hope to get Chris Lardieri and also Dom Lardieri back on as well, plus other guests. I'm hoping to go ahead and seek more advice out there from everybody out there because you know what? After week one, there's always those fantasy football owners that panic. No matter how much we tell them each and every year to not panic, it's only week one, but still, they do panic. So we're going to go ahead and try and provide the best advice we can as well right here on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. And if you have any questions for Jason, myself, or the Lardieris, or any one of the people that can reach out there that cover the world of fantasy football, go ahead and reach out to us, isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or Inside Sports FF on Twitter. That's at Inside Sports FF on Twitter. And my last piece of advice. To everyone, change your damn lineups. On time. Yes. It doesn't matter if you lost three weeks in a row. Change your lineup. It's the right thing to do. Absolutely, indeed. But, Jason, great to have you aboard once again for another great season right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. <laughs>